And hello, movie lovers. And welcome to tonight's show. I have my good friend Michael with me. We're going to be talking about Stephen King. We're going to do some speculations into what we would like to actually see for Welcome to Derry. That's actually the new Stephen King series. That's going to be premiering on HBO Max soon. And we're going to do a deep dive into that. Deep dive into the turtle. Yeah, I might be one of those conspiracy theorists that's going to be talking about turtles. But you know what you guys need to do real quick? Go ahead, go over to Good Pods, go over to Spotify, go over to Apple uh, Podcasts as well. Rate us over there. That helps other people to go ahead and find us on Apple Podcasts and all major platforms. So go on ahead, do all that. And for further ado, let's do this. All right. And I just want to say welcome, Mike, Michael, for coming on here to talk about Stephen King. You know, you and I, we've been trying to do something together ever since we did, what, two episodes together? Isn't that right? Okay. Well, I think that he does. I think there might be something going on on Mike's end. But, you know, like I said, I'm actually excited to talk about this on what we were going to be doing here. So no, your sound is on now. There's a lot of here. Yeah, there you go. I hear you. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay, there we go. Okay, so like I said before, we've been we've been trying to do another show together for a while now. And the last ones, that, the last one that we did was the Hubie Halloween episode. Yes. And you know, so going into this thing, I know that you and I are huge fans when it comes down to Stephen King and his properties and stuff like that. So when you first saw the news of the fact that they're going to do Welcome to Dairy, what was your first instincts? Uh, I was very excited. Um, you know, just watching the newer it, uh, it had a lot of similarities between the old one with the with the darker tone. Um, then that's what I really like about the, uh, anything Stephen King. He's got a very eerie undertone to his novels, whether he's uh, writing about vampires or, or clowns or, you know, it's been like, like in Storm of the Century, that type of movie, that type of atmosphere. Um, I'm a huge horror fan. And so anything that's got, you know, he doesn't use a lot of jump scares. He uses a lot of atmosphere. He uses a lot of descriptions. Um, so if it's anything like that, I'm, I'm very excited for it. Same here as well, because here's the thing. I love it. I love Stephen King. I love Pennywise, to be honest with you, as a character who's actually haunting, menacing, gets into your whole entire fears and everything, and then eats your eats at you and everything, too. But, you know, another thing I want to mention is this. Like, some people don't realize this. If you haven't read the novels or anything like that, but there's a lot of connectivity whenever you look at the turtle. And Abby from Motor City Nerds talk, touched on this a lot deeper than I did whenever I was whenever the news broke about Welcome to Dairy. But in case anybody doesn't know about the turtle, the turtle is of, of massive size with an ancient appearance. Uh, Mutron existed long before the creation of the mainstream universe and Stephen King's novels, of course. By nature, Mutron was kind of wise, loving, gentle, compassionate, and been um, and everything, and had a very grandfather-like. Uh, demeanor when he spoke to humans. Uh, Morton Morton was 
said to be constantly withdrawn into his shell, sleeping and rarely ever coming out for anything. And then, of course, one, on one occasion that Martin uh, Martian did come out of his shell was when he had a uh, stomach ache, which caused him to vomit out the mainstream universe, after which he promptly retreated back into the shell because of that. It, a creature that existed in the vomit within the microverse and was, of course, uh, let me go into my notes, sorry, was an adversary of Martian described by the late, uh, the later in, as his brother. Consider the turtle to be old, lazy, and stupid. However, given his vast amount of wisdom, power, and the aid Martian provided to those in need of it, is uh precautions of him seem to be false. So, going off of that, I just want to point out this. He's actually linked over to... Also, is also linked over to the Dark Tower series. It's also linked over to other stories within the Stephen King universe. So that is something that I really have to say that they did a fantastic job on. Uh, when Stephen King looks at when you look at Stephen King properties, so what do you what do you think about that? Um, I, I think I think it's great. I think Stephen King was one of the first ones to tie in his uh his whole universe. So uh, kind of ahead of his time, uh, a lot of tie-ins with uh, the Turtle in the Dark Tower, uh, Salem's Lot with Father Callahan in the Dark Tower. So uh, very interesting. Well, when you're reading through King. Uh, to see all the little hints that he drops on how his universes are connected. Exactly. And also, too, pe- people don't realize this, too, but he was largely as a spectator to the events that unfolded in the battle between it and the Losers Club. Martin also only involved himself in advising young Bill uh, Denborn during the ritual of Chud in 19- 1958, when uh, Gan provided the Losers with most of their strength. Martin uh, intentionally pol- politely introduced himself to Bill and upon his plea for him simply stated that he took no stand in the matter at hand. However, after considering his brother with some disdain and uh, contempt, Martin just swiftly provided great counsel and advice to the young man, assuring that it was ultimately afraid of Bill. Human potential and the, of the turtles himself, uh, Martin ultimately urged Bill to battle the monstrous being with his willpowers, mental strength, and eternal faith, uh, faith and belief. With the turtle's encouragement and support, Bill overpowers and badly wounds it, forcing it into the retreat before once again retreating into his fossil shell for another untold lengthy slumber. Uh, and then, of course, Mortarin, uh compliments Bill on the victory, but sadly cautions him it to finish it off once and for all, and he may not get another opportunity to do so. So that's just a little bit more of a deep dive into stuff that I know about this. But, like I said, Abby went on a full-on thing about Turtles, about how it's linked over to the Dark Tower series, and things like that. That's something that I actually think that might actually happen, to be honest with you. Hey, Rossi, how are you? It's good to have you in the comments section. I missed you last night, but I understand um, that you were sick and everything, but I hope that you're feeling better. But, you know, another thing, though, too, is I'm hoping that they actually link the Dark Towers into Derry, because I believe that 
you know, with the Dark Tower and with the Turtle and stuff like that, every, everything feeds off this one town and also feeds off the Dark Tower. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Dark Tower is linked somehow. And I'm hoping that we actually have a way of actually having a Dark Tower series with this in Darien sense. Yeah, I mean, after watching the their first adaptation of the Dark Tower, I really wasn't impressed. So hopefully this can lead into a, a series um, that, that does a little more of a deep dive into uh, his, his universe. Same here as well. And, you know, I know that you've just recently also, too, uh, went, well, you actually read the book for Salem's Lot. Not only that, but I know you're a huge Salem's Lot fan because that's one of your favorite books as well. So when you look at Derry, when you look at Salem's Lot, do you hope that they actually incorporate some characters within this world for, um, for Welcome to Derry? Um, you know, I, I hope they do. I, I don't think they're going to incorporate characters. I think they're going to uh, do maybe a little Easter eggs here and there. Um, I, th- I think that would be uh, more practical if, if, you know, for Derry, it's going to focus on Derry. You know, they, they really, I don't think they want to tie into, you know, the the, the entire universe just yet. But if, if they drop little Easter eggs, you know, here and there, talk about Barlow and Straker's fine antiques at some point, or, you know, Jerusalem's lot, you know, call it by, you know, its original name. I think that would be, uh, it would be more beneficial for the show just to focus on dairy. I agree. I, I, to be honest with you, I think that, they put Dark Tower into this series. It would be too much, and it to me is a bigger character than the Dark is a bigger character. And if you put the Dark Tower in it, it's going to overshadow Pennywise and also the town and the story that you're trying to tell. Right. I mean, you know, once the movie it came out, you know, it became it became really mainstream. A great movie, you know, very well done. But, you know, some of the, the, you know, the fans of the movie, you know, not knocking on them, but, you know, some of them probably hasn't read it or hasn't read most of uh, Stephen King's work. So I think if you start to include, you know, different different books, different, you know, it, it's going to alienate some of the people that just, they, they, you know, they probably won't understand, you know, what these hints are. Right. I think if you keep it as simple as you can and tell the story that you want to tell and give it the simplification of telling that story through the town because that town is dark. It goes through some dark stuff. And I would like to actually, as a matter of fact, I actually said this before. I thought it was a smart move to actually have a Castle Rock TV series on Hulu. And then that show got canceled right after the second season. And I was thinking to myself, they needed to go ahead, capitalize on it, make it a prequel series out of Castle Rock. And do it that way. And then they canceled it. And then all of a sudden now you have the announcement of, hey, we're going to do Welcome to Dairy. And we're going to capture a show before the Losers Club, which I think is phenomenal. I think it's a great idea to do it this way. And then, of course, it is also linked up with Dreamcatcher as well. I don't know if you knew that or not. I did not know. Yeah. In the book, not to spoil anything or for anybody, but there is a thing here where basically there's a small nod to the Losers Club and in that story um, whenever the main, one of the main characters is going back over to Derry to pick up one of his friends, which is Dunnitz on his way over there I believe they wind up seeing a sign and on that sign it shows all seven characters names 
on the sign. And then underneath it, it showed uh, Pennywise's name under it, showing that he killed. Basically, they all got killed. They all got killed by it at some point. Oh, that's interesting. So I liked how they kind of uh, how Stephen King gives you a few little small nods to other books and other properties within the world. And I even have to agree with Abby on this. You think that the MCU is convoluted with timelines and following different things, right? Imagining reading a Stephen King novel and trying to link up certain characters from other books and stuff like that too. That stuff that stuff is really hard to actually try to link up. Well, you know, it, when you try to link everything up, I mean, if you've read a Stephen King book, it's it's pretty uh, pretty detailed. It's, it's a slow burn. He, um, you know, he he does a lot of uh, character building. Uh, in some chapters, he has a chapter about just the entire town and what they do, you know, yeah. throughout the day. They got little timestamps uh, here and there. So, I mean, you really have to pay attention to what you're reading. You can't just kind of, you know, graze through. But you try to to adapt that into film, uh, you're 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 in for a, a long series. Definitely, because here's the thing, especially in the Stephen King book, it there's a long chapter just on the town history itself. That's why I was saying you can do a two, two maybe three seasons of this small town with the town history that was told because there was over a hundred pages, I think, or two hundred pages of nothing but just the town history which I thought was really fascinating. And also, too, Ben was the one who winds up discovering the town history and everything, too, because in the in the movie, it made it seem like that the other member of the Loser Club, I forgot, what, what was the black kid's name? I keep on forgetting. Was his name Michael? Yeah, Michael. Why, why did I forget that? Your name is Michael. But anyways, <laughs> um, I'm a dumbass. Um, but anyways, um, like I said, I think that they made a mistake by changing that. I think Ben should have been the one to discover more of the history, even though he was looking through it in the library. I think that they should have just went on ahead and let Ben have that because of the fact that he's an architect. He likes history. He likes looking at history. It made more sense for that way. That was just one little small pet peeve I had within the movie itself, but I thought the remake was really good. The 1990s version, don't get me wrong, I love it. But it's outdated now. If you look, if you go back and watch it, which I did, yeah, if, uh, if, recently if, 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 with Michael, you know, doing doing all that, all the digging. I think it, it, they basically did it for significance of the character um, in, in that aspect. You know, for for Stephen King, he likes to focus. He takes care of all his characters. He makes sure they have you know you know at least a certain amount of detail in them. Just for you to to just get a little bit attached to that character, uh, because he'll sometimes he'll just use that character in other you know in other books and other series. That's true because I've seen where he used um, a couple of characters in other books that I've read and everything too. As a matter of fact, even though I didn't like this book, it was called Elevation, and it's like a little small book that you can read. And you can get through that book maybe in two days because of how small it is. But there's a there's a character that's in the book that happens to be a doctor that's linked up to the dark half. So that was also another way of linking on characters and having them in the same universe. Also, too, even the book Revival, there's also 
um, a doctor, I believe that's actually linked to other books. Also, too, I actually asked you this question. Remember the bargain book uh, place on uh, Salem's Lot? Yeah. Now, I know you haven't seen Needful Things, right? No, not yet. Okay. So if you watch Needful Things and if you read Needful Things, Needful Things basically takes place in a little small antique shop where this uh, basically, I forgot what kind of demon or something that Neeling Golf is, but what he winds up doing is he winds up selling items to customers, but for a price. They have to go ahead and backstab each other in a certain way, where one person's doing one thing to somebody else and the other person's doing it to somebody else, and they all have enemies among each other. So one of them is thinking that is the other person that they don't like. And in this antique shop, every, that little antique shop actually reminded me of Needful Things. And that's why I had asked you if that was uh, the Needful Things shop just set up in in uh, that town. Yeah, and I, you know, I was doing a little bit of research on that. And, uh, you know, and I, I think I, I talked to you about it is uh, uh, Straker or uh, Barlow Straker's antique shop is its own different different deal. Um but but that's what I like about. It. There's a lot of similarities with what he writes, and um, a, a lot of his work. You know, th- there's always the you know the the one big bad, um, and that one big bad has so many layers to him that it, it just makes all his characters so interesting. Um, and that's actually the next on my list is Needful Things because after talking about it, and I, you know, I, I read you know what it was about. I was I was pretty excited, so mm-hmm. I'll be going to my local bookstore to, to go pick it up. I'll tell you what, I enjoy the book over the movie because there's a lot of, de- of course, Stephen King's a lot, has a lot of details in his books, but I like the book because it, because of the fact that you have more of a history of who Gaunt, Gaunt, Elon Gaunt is and everything too, because of the fact he's basically like an evil genie in a sense. Because of the stuff, because he goes all the way back into that kind of period where he's basically selling things to other people. Right. Kind of like kind of like making their dreams come true, but with the price. Right. Exactly. Also, too, you actually get to see a glimpse whenever they touch it. It's like electricity going through them to act basically looking at the memories of people in the past or memories of their own on the certain items that they used to have. For example, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but there's actually a scene where you have this one kid who wants a Mickey Mantle rookie card, right? And when he touches it, he actually sees Mickey Mantle hitting the home run and running the home plate. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, and, and that's what I like. You know, I'm very, very excited to read the book because he describes things so well. And it translates so well on the screen. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that's why his novels are getting adapted, like, like you know, left and right. Um, just to see his description on on what's that like, you know, just, just reading it. <laughs> you know, I, I got a lot of uh, my my mind is working when I was reading Salem's Lot on how how well he would describe the town, especially when the you know when the town starts to you know for once they start turning into vampires, he describes the town as dying off and he does such a good job of explaining why it seems dead. Like, you know, the, the, 
the diner's not as full. You know, you know kids aren't running around anymore. He, he just does a great job in giving you a, a memory in your mind or a picture in your mind. And and that, that's what I like about it. And, I'm you know, when you said, you know, it, it says a shockwave of your body. I, I'm just very curious now he he pulls that off in the book. It, it's very detailed. And also, too, it, it, he plays with the town sheriff's uh, emotions. He plays with everybody's emotions in this in the story. Everything. So if you're into that kind of storytelling, I recommend it. I highly recommend Needful Things. You know, um, you know that, that's what I like about Stephen King is when whenever it's a uh, Whenever it's the bad guy's turn to take the spotlight, you know, whoever his big bad is, he's so almost sadistic with, with how he he plays with uh, the victims. And and, the, and that's what I really enjoy. You know, he can go from an innocent character describing that person, you know, you want to be around that person, you want to be their friend. But when it comes to the villain, you're like, oh, man, th- this guy's got to go. Like, he just so, he does such a good job in, in just switching his mindset when when he's writing. Exactly, because when you think you have one thing figured out, he winds up basically doing evasion of body swappers in a sense, where he just turns the tables on you without even expecting it. And, you know, another one, another big thing is in the stand, Randall Flagg is also another big badge as well. Right. But also, too, I want to point this out. Uh, the turtle is also one of the 12 guardians of the beings linked to the Dark Tower, and he actually vomited up the universe that it takes place due to his stomach ache. That's what I was talking about earlier. The cosmic en- entity acts so it's a uh, mortal enemy, and he d- aided the losers into their battle against the demonic clown in Stephen King's novel. So that's how they were able to take down it. But I've always been interested in this idea of a prequel series. This is something that I really have been wanting ever since... Um, Basically, ever since the 1990s version, and also, too, ever since we actually had the remakes. So, I'm actually excited to see that they're doing it. And if this is actually successful, HBO can actually go ahead and do a Dark Tower series, if they if you think about it. Right. Because they have the money. They have billions of dollars tied up into their streaming app now. And they're also making original content now. Game of Thrones was probably one of the biggest budgets that they ever had. When you looked at special effects, when you looked at everything, I want and stuff like that. So, why not go ahead and go balls deep in doing the Dark Tower? Right, and you mentioned Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones was such a slow burn in those first two seasons that they really went in depth with the character, and then later on in the seasons they went into character development. They have that kind of freedom with Dairy. You know, because it is going to be, you know, they, they, they're they not tied down to uh, to anything. They, they can just go oh. about how they want to do it. Um, you know, as far as um, another series that's out, it's on Epic. It's called um, Chapel Wait. It's kind of like, a, I wouldn't say a, a prequel to Salem's Lot, but it's it, it ties into it. Um, so you would like, so we'd say like it's an homage to. Yeah, yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of like that. I mean, they they based it loosely off of the novel Jerusalem's Lot, uh, very loosely. I'm going to add that, but it it's a slow burn because of their source material. Like the first four or five episodes, you're kind of like, okay, what well, when's something going to happen? And they they don't have that problem with with the upcoming dairy show. It's, it's going to be great, um, as, as long as you know they they keep 
Stephen King in mind, his universe. You mm-hmm. know, they, they, as long as they don't, sh- you know, stray away too far from his source or or, or his his ideas, I think it's going to be great. I think so too, because I mean, we could actually see other characters within this world that's in the books, just characters passing each other on the streets, for instance. Little small nods here and there, nothing too major, but letting the Losers Club before, as long as the prequel story before the Losers Club, and they don't make it anything else but that then you're doing great storytelling. You're giving us the source of the information that was labeled into the black and white pages of Stephen King's novel, It, and you're able to tell its own story without having to tie in other characters. Right. But, you know, I'm excited to see what we have here. This is all my... To be honest with you, if they would actually make me choose between Obi-Wan or this, I would choose this over Obi-Wan, and that's a big thing for me. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm actually looking forward to both. You know, uh, you you know me, me too. I mean, but if you okay, <laughs> okay, let's say this. Okay, yeah. Do you watch Stranger Things at all? I'm just wondering. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, so my question is this: You're on death row right now, and all three of these shows are um, basically re- being released on the same day. There's no pulling back. All the networks believe in their thing. They're just going to go ahead and let the customer decide on what they're going to stream. So which ones would you go first? Obi-Wan, well, this is your death sentence now. This is going to be your final show that you're going to watch. So would you go Obi-Wan? Would you go uh, Welcome to Dairy? Or would you go Stranger Things? Oh, wow. Only one? Yep, only I one. Only one? you only have one life to live. <laughs> 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 wow, that, that's a that's a big uh, that's a big choice there. I'm such a big fan on on all of them, but I mean, you know, you know me, and you know, I'm sending you pictures of all my my old school uh, little collectibles, and you saw my old school uh, Kenner, Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. and the Wampa, my uh, my Super Eight film of uh, A New Hope. So, you know, and, and finally hearing that Chris, you know, Hayden Christensen's coming back as uh, Darth Vader. That's gonna be. Oh, it's gonna be. Yeah. It's gonna be close. It, it, like if it's ten points, it's ten points. Star Wars nine and a half for Dairy, and then like a nine for Stranger Things. Okay. Then, I got uh, it. That, 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 yeah, that's how close that race is gonna be. So I'm very excited for all of it. Um, I'm gonna. I know we're gonna be talking about this on Tuesday, but I'm also very excited. It's gonna be Stephen King's year. They're remaking uh, Salem's Lot into a feature film. Coming out September 9th. I'm very excited. The, the guy that directed the Conjuring movie is going to be producing it. And the guy that directed it, I believe, is going to be the director. So um, I'm very yeah, excited. Uh, Andy Muschietti. Yeah. 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 Very excited for that. Um, I, and also worried. I mean, they, you know, unless they make it a three hour runtime like they did in the 1979 TV special, uh, they're, they're, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stuff that's cut out. Um, there's so much uh, in depth in his books to be able to fit in a two and a half, two hour movie. I, I agree with you on that. I mean, I hope that they squeeze in enough to where people who are fans of Salem's Lot will actually enjoy it for what it is, for the movie, for what it is. Also, too, they're also get this. I didn't know this until I saw Ambulance today. Right? They they remade. Uh, matter of fact, they ended up remaking. Firestar. Right. Yeah, I remember that. 
Oh, wait, are you talking about the, the, the older show, Firestarter? Or? Remember the Drew Barrymore movie, yes. Firestarter? Yes, yes, yes. They, they remade that. You know, I, I'm a little... Uh, a little hesitant on the remakes. I mean, you know, they also remade Carrie, and I wasn't very impressed. Uh, and on a side note, um, Dairy is not out this year, but I'm still very much looking forward to it. I'm here as well. But I'm just saying, based off of the cuff, like, if this, if let's say, for instance, that all these shows got made at one time and they had the same release date of this year, which show would we go with first? That's basically what I was doing, too. Oh, it's, it's still going to be Star Wars. <laughs> uh, but yeah. But yeah. Uh, but that's everything that I had wanted to cover as far as this goes, man. Um, but I do appreciate you coming on the show and everything. I know that you have to get back to your son and everything, too. But yeah, we're definitely going to talk more about Sam's Lot and everything coming up this uh this Tuesday, so I'm excited to be talking about uh, excited about talking about that. Yeah, we'll do a little bit more of a deep dive. Um, I'm very excited. They, like I said, I, I've been wanting to come out to the show for a long time now, but you know me, a little busy, bought a house, got kids, right. got two new dogs, so <laughs> time's a little tight. But I'm very excited for Tuesday. I finally got a, a, a relaxing day off from this hectic month. I'm glad, man. I'm glad that we're able to do this finally because I've been wanting you on the show and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden you say, look, I'm not tied up on Friday or on this Tuesday. So I'm actually happy to have you on for both days. So I'm excited about that. So with that being said, guys, do us this one big favor real quick. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe. And don't forget to comment. That also helps us over here at Movie Lovers Unite. Also, too, smash that little notification button. Bell on the bottom right-hand corner to allow you guys to know when we have something new coming out at Movie Lovers Unite. Then, of course, if you want to go on ahead, get yourself an audio-only podcast of our episodes. You can get them on all major platforms where you guys get your podcasts from. Of course, go over to Good Pods. Good Pods is basically social media for podcasters or if someone that you likes to listen to the podcast. You can actually rate individual episodes. You can also comment on individual episodes. And you can also donate to us that way as well through the Good Pods app. But if you'd want to, go on ahead. If you want to donate 5 to $10 to us just to keep the lights here on at Movie Lovers Tonight, go on, go on ahead. Go to buyusacoffee.com forward slash movie lovers. That's how you can donate 5 to $10 over there. But just simply smash that notification button on the right-hand side, commenting below, subscribing to the channel, and also giving us that thumbs up. Also goes a long, long way here at Movie Lovers Tonight. Of course, if you want to, go on ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter, Movie Lovers Unit Zero on TikTok. And then, of course... Go on ahead and email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com if you would like to be on the show or if you're a sponsor. And that's everything that you need to know here at Movie Lovers Unite. Also, too, I just dropped my Moon Knight Episode 3 review that we that we just did um, last night. I don't, All the editing and everything else was done by this morning, and it got dropped this morning. So go on ahead and check out that. And then that's everything that you guys need to know. And always until next time, guys, I can't wait to do this again. Thank you again, Michael. I do appreciate it. Not a problem. Looking forward to Tuesday. I'm here, man. And always until next time, guys. Bye-bye.